Good morning, everyone. In Exodus 39, everything was brought forward to present to Moses in order to erect the tabernacle. And they had done everything just as God had commanded. And Moses blessed the people. They had done an amazing job in, in preparing everything for the tabernacle. So then we get to the glory of chapter 40. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, On the first day of the first month you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. So here they are one year later, one year from the Passover. Well, actually, you know, fourteen. the Passover was the 14th day of the first month. So essentially one year, 14 days short of one year. And they're in the desert, and they've they've got everything together, and they're able to set up this tabernacle. That's how long it took. You shall place the Ark of the Testimony there, and you shall screen the Ark with the veil. Notice how in setting it up, they're starting with the Ark of the Testimony, the Ark of the Covenant. You shall bring in the table and the and arrange what belongs on it. And you shall bring in the lampstand and mount its lamps. Moreover, you shall set the gold altar of incense before the Ark of the Testimony and set up the veil of the doorway. That's the veil between the holy place and the most holy place. The altar of incense was going to be in the holy place just on the other side of the veil from the Ark of the Covenant. You shall set the altar of burnt offering in front of the doorway of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. That's going to be outside where they're going to make the offerings. And you shall set the laver between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. And after they made the offering, while they were just out in the, the courtyard area, that was fenced in. They'd make the offering. Then they could go wash in the laver before they would enter the most holy place of the tent structure. You shall set up the court all around and hang up the veil for the gateway of the court. So that's the whole fence structure. And there's one gate, only one way into the tabernacle. And there's only one way to Jesus. And that's the veil of the gate that was to keep the common Israelite outside the tabernacle structure. Then you shall take the anointing oil. And this I found very interesting today. You shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and shall consecrate it and all its furnishings and it shall be holy. Now, he goes through, Moses does, and mentions everything being anointed from Aaron's clothes to every item, every utensil would be anointed. And and anointing, what it would do is it would say, that I'm setting this apart for holy use to the Lord. And it would be it would be helping the people and the person anointing it to recognize all these things are only supposed to be used for God's purposes. And also for asking God to to set it apart and to make it holy and essentially to touch it with his anointing, with his Holy Spirit, and say, God, you know, this is set apart for you. And everything was anointed. That's so interesting. Now, I got into studying this morning on being anointed. And what was really interesting is after you get into the church age, so there was some anointing. You might remember Jesus was anointed um, before he went to the cross. And uh, being anointed like that, because, you know, the church had not begun yet. So there, there was some anointings that took place in the Gospels before the church officially began after the cross and after Pentecost. But after that, you don't see this practice of anointing things with oil. Now, you might be thinking of James chapter 5. So there's one 
time. And that's one of the earliest writings of the New Testament, by the way, the book of James, one of the earliest letters written. But it said, hey, is anyone sick among you? Get the elders and anoint them and pray over the person who is sick in order to help them get well. So that 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 one occasion is there where they used oil in that way. Now, what is my point? Uh, I'm not trying to say, you know, I know people who will anoint their homes when they move in them or use oil today in that way. And I, I, I don't mind. I'm fine with that. Um, I've done it. I've been a part of, you know, things that have done that. However, I think there's an important point to make. And, and that is that we are already anointed. When we have come to faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. We have been sanctified. Part of the purpose of anointing was to consecrate or set apart or to, yeah, declare something as holy. And by believing in Jesus Christ and being born again, and as a result of true faith in him, we get the Holy Spirit. And and that is what purifies us, what sets us apart, and indeed anoints us with, with gifts to be used for God's glory. So the anointing that we get today is from the Holy Spirit. And I want to take you to a couple passages that I think are very uh, interesting and important for us to see. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and anointed us is God, who has sealed us and gave us the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. So when we accepted Jesus, we were anointed by his Holy Spirit, and he gave it to us and sealed us in that spirit, and it's a pledge, meaning one day we're going to be in the full presence of God. And we've been given an anointing of his Holy Spirit now, and it's the down payment on the fullness of what's going to happen one day when we are in the presence of God. So in 1 John chapter 5, it talks in, or excuse me, 1 John, the the first John, the letter of John, the first John, not the gospel of John. It talks about being anointed and that anointing that we've received from Jesus Christ. And we have been anointed in him. And you know what, what this makes me think of is that, okay, so let's say we were to go ahead and you know, get out some oil and anoint ourselves, that's fine. Or we anoint our home or we anoint some kind of utensil or, or we anoint someone who's sick. Okay, that's fine. But one of the things I think God wants you to know today is that you are already anointed in him. You have his anointing. He has anointed you. You should walk as a believer in Jesus Christ, knowing that you have the deposit of the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have the pledge, you have the down payment, and that you are already anointed. And I think sometimes if we were to think, oh man, I got to anoint this, I got to anoint this, I got to anoint this, that we could almost lose sight of the fact in doing all this anointing that we already are anointed. And and to make this uh, case even further, let's continue in... Exodus, because I think we're going to see something glorious today as we get into Exodus chapter 40. 
So now, as we continue to read, or if we did read, I'm not going to read it all for you, but they set it up. They, they begin to, to set everything up now. And let me just pick it up uh, in verse 24. Let's pick it up there of Exodus 40. Then he placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite of the table on the south side of the tabernacle. He lighted the lamps before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil. And he burnt fragrant incense on it. So now they're literally lighting it and getting everything going, just as the Lord had commanded. Then he set up the veil of the doorway of the tabernacle. He set up the altar of burnt offering. Everything's getting set up. Moving forward, verse uh, 32, when they entered the tent of meeting and they approached the altar, they washed just as the Lord commanded Moses. He erected the court all around the tabernacle and the altar, and he hung up the veil for the gateway of the court. Thus, Moses finished the work. And here we are. All of Israel camped around. They get everything set up. The tabernacle is there. It's going to be the place where God dwells. Verse 34, then the cloud covered the tent of meaning and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was a fire in it by night in the, in the sight of all the house of Israel. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. I want you to know what a great source of comfort this was for Israel. First of all, they're on their own in the desert. There's enemy countries around, and they now have God in their midst. God is dwelling in their camp. They've seen God do miraculous things. And having God with them was glorious. He was dwelling with them. And it was a, it was their security that they had God with them. And now, you know, many years later, they're going to go in and take over the promised land. But God dwells among Israel. He is with them. What an incredible thing to have God dwelling in their midst. And it indeed was was glorious. All this preparation of all these chapters all this anointing, all these precious things made was so that the glory of the Lord could dwell with them. Now I want to take you to, you know, in order for God to dwell, they had to do everything just as God commanded, and they had to anoint everything, which means they were consecrating it. They were making it holy. They were setting it apart for God's purpose. And I want to share with you a couple things that I think are just, uh, glorious for us to see today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'm turning there, it says this, Do you not know that you are a temple or tabernacle of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? <laughs> I mean, we went through all these chapters of preparation for the glory of God to dwell in the tabernacle. And what's being said here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is, don't you know that you're the temple and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, 
This is the point of anointing and realizing that we're anointed. Do you see, they had to make everything set apart. They had to make everything perfect. They had to anoint and consecrate everything in order for God to come and dwell in the tabernacle. And this is the evidence that you have been consecrated. You have been set apart, that the Holy Spirit lives in you because there's no way that God's presence could be living inside of you unless you were made holy by him. Isn't that incredible? The Holy Spirit can only dwell in you because you have accepted Jesus Christ and you have been consecrated. You have been given the Spirit. Otherwise, God could not dwell in you. You wouldn't be made right or fit for God to come and dwell in you. He couldn't dwell in you. You needed to be anointed by his Holy Spirit for him to come and dwell inside of you. And you have. And we got to live that way. Hey, we got to live acknowledging that God lives inside of us. Hallelujah. Listen, in 1 Corinthians 6, a few chapters later, um, it talks about, you know, immorality. I want, I want you to, I'm going to pick it up in verse, um, I'm going to pick it up in verse, well, we'll pick it up in verse 17. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him because the Lord has come to live inside of you. Therefore, it says flee immorality. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. And then it says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. God paid the price of his Son in order to forgive you and anoint you with his Holy Spirit and to set you apart as holy so that God's presence could come and live inside of you. And he's saying, don't now that you have the Holy Spirit live inside of you, join yourself to immorality. Now that God has set you apart as holy and he's come to live inside of you, be holy and live for him. Hallelujah. Again, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, or what harmony has Christ with Belial, a false god? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hallelujah. We now are the temple of the living God. Um, I want to take you to the book of Hebrews and share something beautiful there. The book of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10. Now remember they had to consecrate, set apart or make holy the utensils of the, and all the items of the tabernacle for God's spirit to dwell inside that tabernacle. And this is what it says in Hebrews 10 verse 14 for by one offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. For by one offering, the offering of Jesus Christ, God has perfected, that's us, for all time, those who are being sanctified, being made holy, being set apart. There's, a, there's an aspect that, now God has set us apart and made us holy through the forgiveness of sins by his son Jesus. 
and his Holy Spirit has anointed us and come to live inside of us. And that's a pledge, a promise, and one day we're going to receive the fullness of that when we're in heaven. But now that we have that, we are in the process of partnering with God to also be made more holy, to grow in becoming more like him, to grow in our partnership with the Holy Spirit that we have been given. He has perfected for all time. Dear church, I just want us to marvel at and be thankful for. They waited a year and made this tabernacle for God's presence to come dwell inside of them. And in today, through faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on that cross, we have been anointed by God. We've been set apart for his service. And he has come to dwell inside of us. We have the down payment of his spirit. It's the pledge of the promise of what is to come. Oh, that me we may partner with God in his spirit and live for him with the anointing he's already given us. Hallelujah. Let's walk in that anointing. Wake up every day. I'm a child of God. I have been filled with his Holy Spirit. I'm anointed from on high and I'm here to serve his kingdom until the day he comes and gets me or till the day I die. And you know what? When I die, I've already received the pledge, the down payment of the Holy Spirit. And when I die, I'm going to go on living with him and he's going to welcome me into his heavenly kingdom where I'll receive the fullness of of his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.